0: Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money?
3: Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, The most trusted name in gold investing.
2: Investing in gold protects you
3: against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your
2: free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com.
3: All right, the big story this afternoon, we'll have much more on it at 5 o'clock, was the announcement by, of all people, the L.A. County District Attorney, George Gascon. They have arrested a 20-year-old who apparently has been arrested for quite a few crimes in the past year with shooting to death the off-duty Monterey Park police officer who was found dead in his car in a mall parking lot in Downey on Monday afternoon. The other person arrested is a 17-year-old who is an accomplice to the shooter. <clears throat> we'll bring you all the details in about an hour, and we'll go through this criminal record that this 20-year-old sort of has, and though there's arrest but no convictions, it's weird. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up later on. All right. Uh, all right. It's 2017 all over again on the John and Ken show. In fact, it's even mentioned in the, no, not the John and Ken show, but it's mentioned in the El Segundo Times story on this. It's about the possibility of using the nuclear option, is what they call it, when the bicycle people want to have their way and add bicycle lanes. Uh, it's also described as building wider sidewalks, planting more trees, and creating more visible crosswalks. But we all know what it really is. It's road diet stuff.
2: Yeah, this, this, uh, these bike activists are like homeless activists. They're relatively tiny in number. But uh, they're financed by somebody. Sometimes they get city grants. Oh, it's in the story. You didn't
3: yeah. read it? And There's so several uh, wealthy guys that are uh, big yeah. bicyclists that have given money to the cause. Oh, yeah, I know. It, it, they're, 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 they're financed by wealthy oh, troublemakers. All oh, right, here it is. Uh, they've raised over a million dollars, something called Healthy Streets LA. Oh, good Lord. Three wealthy donors, an arts district developer named Yuval Bar-Zemmer, A real estate developer named Todd Wexman, who are both board members of the Los Angeles County Bicycle Coalition, and a hedge fund manager. And I remember this guy's name, Aaron Sosnick. Aaron Sosnick. Yeah, because we've talked about him in the past. So
2: these wealthy weenies, these wealthy weirdos, are obsessed with stopping us from driving our cars to work. Now, they all have made their money. They're all really wealthy. And they probably and, work and so, from home a lot. Yeah, right. Or so, maybe they're driven around. So now they're 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 they they want to recreate the city in, in in to to appease their desires, their um, imaginary. You know, they, I'm, I'm sure they're all uh, climate fanatics. And you know, we we're all driving. Look, driving in L.A. is not pleasant, right? Much of the time, you do it because you have to do it. A lot of the driving you do every day, you wouldn't do, except you have to get to work. You have to take your kids to school and take them to their activities. you got to go shopping on Saturdays.
3: You must do this to live a functional life in a modern world. All right, so let's explain what this is about. And the reason we're doing this story is apparently the bicycle advocates have collected enough signatures to put a measure on the ballot. Basically, they're talking about the 2024 ballot. It's going to fast track the city's, quote, ambitious traffic plan to create hundreds of miles of more walkable and bikeable streets by implementing it every time roads are repaved. Now, we talked about this plan five years ago. I think there's a bigger one. Remember, the Southern California Association of Governments has a big one, too, for the whole Mm -hmm. region about road diets. Originally meant to be achieved over 20 years, the document is a guide that can be modified over time to adjust to changing needs. But the blueprint became bogged down by red tape among city departments, lawsuits, lack of political will. Remember we talked about this five years ago, the bicycle people were angry. These politicians need to stand up to those who are protesting. No. Because no, they need to stand up
2: to these these intrusive, wacky activists who have their weird bike fetish. These are the strange guys who love wearing spandex all the time. I don't know. Well, I don't trust a guy who wears yellow
3: spandex, you know, on a Sunday morning. Those guys the, bother me. The man that's most talked to in the article is Michael Schneider, who's a software entrepreneur. Another one. His group is Streets for All. Another rich little snot. We spent years using data, trying to be nice, trying to be persuasive, trying to get the city to do what they said they were going to do, but it hasn't worked so well. We need a nuclear option. Their data is crap.
2: Let's go back to that 2017. It was Vista Del Mar, right? They reduced reduced, uh, the traffic to one lane in both directions. We did at least two shows. We did them during rush hour. The traffic was massive. It was backed up as far as you could see. And I remember one hour between the 4 and 5 o'clock hour, we counted how many bikes rolled down the bike lanes. And in one hour, there were exactly five, five bicycles. I will never forget that. And so now you had hundreds of cars backed up in all directions for five of these, uh, these, these yellow spandex
3: ninnies. And that was a big victory because that was Mike Bonin that did that. There was a teenager who was killed near Dockweiler State Beach. It was like three in the morning, remember, that caused oh, him oh, to okay. make this move.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, no, no, no. Bonin totally lied. He totally exploit, exploited that death because he did not originally, when he talked about the death, say it happened in the middle of the night on a dark stretch of road. What he did is he used that to justify shutting down Vista Del Mar during rush hour. Well, there aren't accidents, deadly accidents during rush hour because everybody's crawling at 15 miles an hour. It wasn't a guy going 50 at 3 in the morning. And I'm sure either the the, the victim or the uh, driver was loaded because in, in most cases at night, that's what happens. One or two are drunk or
3: drugged up. And then, of course, the famous Venice Boulevard road diet. Oh. Another neighborhood of West L.A. that we were not successful in repealing. They
2: ruined but a that's... lot of businesses on Venice Boulevard. Right. So they right. use fake data. You know, like, like Biden claiming today there's zero inflation, they just lie. Okay, and they're well-funded by these weirdo tech people, hedge fund investors. They have these strange obsessions. They belong to the, to the climate change religion. And your life, they don't care about. You got to get to work. You're stuck in traffic an hour every afternoon. They don't care. They're going to make it two hours until you learn how to bike from, oh, I don't know, Santa Monica to Burbank. Huh? Can you do that? Can you bike over the Sepulveda Pass? It's about 102 degrees today in the valley. Can you do that?
3: So if this measure were to pass and it won't be voted on until 2024, it actually gives people the right to sue if the plan isn't carried out. In other words, if they do repave a street and they have not appropriated a road diet to the project, individual L.A. residents can sue the government for failing to comply. Any resident can sue. That could be an uh, unbelievable legal mess, and they've got
2: they've got these stupid phrases. Duri Martinez, who's the new idiot council president, she says traffic violence continues to rise. Traffic
3: violence, what? violence, and she is the says word. it's an equity issue. So, oh, yeah. So some of this called a transportation justice. Yeah, the, yeah. All these <laughs> woke code words that they apply to everything
2: sorry normal people have to get to work driving you're never ever ever going to change that never and you're going to start a rebellion that that like you've never seen before if you if you clog up all the roadways with these stupid useless unused bike lanes five people that hour i mean i mean this is so irritating and, and these, these stupid little millennial snots, these little rich boys with nothing to do. They can't use their money for something. Uh, there's a lot of people suffering in the world that you could use your money for. And you use it for this? To clog up people's uh, afternoon uh, drive times? Seriously? In the first
3: six what a, what months a... of this year, 78 pedestrians have been involved in fatal crashes. They gas because it's up from 56 in the same period last year. I mean, when you consider all the traffic... And all the mayhem and, uh, and, again, as John likes to say, of the 78 people, how many were killed at 3 in the morning when they were drunk trying to run into traffic? Well,
2: that, that's the thing. I don't go by numbers. I, I, want, I want details. How many of them were drunk and drugged up? How many, how many times did it involve a homeless person staggering around in the dark? I see that constantly. Homeless
3: people in the dark. Oh, I've heard traffic reports in the morning. There's somebody walking on the freeway. I'm yeah, like, oh, who could that be?
2: Then he so and then and, and then this this drug addict psychotic mental patient gets hit, and I have to have my lane taken away when I drive to work. It's like we got we got to stop all the lies and the propaganda. We got it. We got to stand up to this nonsense. All I mean, right, their their more. day has got to end here.
3: We've got more coming up. Johnny, Ken, KFI. Following up on cars, because we were just talking about an effort in the city of L.A., it'll probably be on the ballot in 2024, to force road diets through many streets in the city. All sorts of new pedestrian walkways and lanes just for bicyclists and all that stuff. Uh, On the topic of cars, you did mention this the other day, the Associated Press, a big organization, actually has an auto writer who did a story on what you were mentioning And it's true, and it's almost hard to believe. This much-touted Inflation Reduction Act that passed the United States Senate last weekend and is expected to be approved in most of its form in the House of Representatives, uh, they've been touting it because they believe, and one of the ways they're explaining, we're going to help people with inflation because we've got all sorts of tax credits in there for people to buy electric vehicles. So we're not only going to help people with inflation, and a higher cost of cars, but we're going to help the environment with emissions control. I
2: I, I just take issue with the idea that that's what they believe. They know what it says. They wrote the bill, and they voted on it. They know it's a scam. It's just they want to see if they can uh, put one over on people.
3: Well, the details of the scam are unbelievable. Now, the tax credit is up to $7,500, but here's the problem. The bill's requirement to qualify for the credit an electric vehicle must contain a battery built in North America with minerals mined or recycled on the continent. Now, if you've been following anything when it comes to electric vehicle construction, you already know that's going to really limit the number of cars that qualify.
2: Yeah, there's very few cars. uh, Because uh, there aren't many lithium mines in the United States. There's very few, very little lithium comes from the U.S. And there aren't going to be any mines anytime soon because a couple of sites they're looking at are going to be tied up in, in lawsuits for many years. There's also, there's, there are very little cobalt mining operations in the U.S. Most of that's in the Congo. And the Chinese, just in the last few years, bought most of those cobalt mines. I read this long story in the New York Times some weeks ago. Where they went to the Congo and said, you let us buy these mines and let us excavate and we'll employ a lot of your people and we'll build schools and roads and this and that. It was just a big bribe, which, of course, the Chinese didn't come through on. They haven't built all that much. And secondly, a lot of the jobs are very dangerous and people are getting maimed and and, and killed in the cobalt mines. But they got the they got the ownership, they got the contracts and they are in charge of uh, most of the ingredients that go into creating a battery. So you're well, not going to get that tax uh, that tax credit.
3: They think this will incentivize domestic manufacturing and mining that it might end up with a robust battery supply chain here in North America and lessen our dependence on overseas supply chains. Oops. But that just sounds like wishful thinking. You can't incentivize mining in the United States because at the same time the government does everything they can to block mining. Supposedly here in California we have lithium. What is that the Salton Sea? Is that what they were talking right. about? What what year do you think they're actually going to get lithium out of the Salton Sea? Oh, the environmentalists will block
2: any attempt. See, there's a lot to of touch any we talked about this yesterday. There's a lot of theoretical stuff we could do. We could build massive desalination plants, right? And we'd have a great water supply. We could build nuclear plants all over the place and have a great power supply. We don't. And anytime there's a proposal, the proposal gets shot down. They spent 20 years trying to get through that desalination plant in Huntington Beach. 20 years. And it was
3: finally canceled a few weeks back. So well, listen. To this. Well, for an EV buyer to qualify for the full credit, 40% of the metals used in a vehicle's battery must come from North America. By 2027, that's going to be jacked up to 80%. Okay.
2: So, you know who they screwed here? They screwed all these climate fanatics. The climate fanatics were beating them over the head. And they said, fine, this is our Green New Deal. This is, you know, going to get us to uh, zero emissions and all that nonsense. They're lying to them. They not only lie to normal people, they lie to the activists, too. And they pulled a fast one on these activists because when you open the pages of this ridiculous bill with that ridiculous title, inflation reduction, you, you find out that in practice it's virtually impossible to get this tax credit in the real world.
3: Uh, If the metals requirement isn't met, the automaker and the buyers could be eligible for half the tax credit, $3,750. A separate rule requires that half the battery's value must be manufactured or assembled in the North America. If not, the rest of the tax credit would be lost. And then this grows stricter every year until it reaches 100% in the year 2029. And by the way, the only versions that might meet These standards right now are are Tesla's, Tesla's Model Y, that's like an SUV, and their Model 3 car. They also believe the Chevy Bolt and the Ford Mustang Mach-E would be eligible for part of the credit, but that's about it. After 2024,
2: no vehicle would be eligible for credit if its battery components came from China. Right now, most vehicles have some parts sourced in China. So do you think in a year and a half... They're going to be able to get battery parts sourced outside of China. China has a stranglehold on this whole industry, which, of yeah. course, we stood by and let happen. We let them buy all the cobalt mines in, in in the Congo. We could have done that. We didn't. You should have stopped that cobalt. I know. Wish I had a, a royalty for all the cobalt they're mining. Uh,
3: they refer to these metallic elements that they need to produce electric vehicles as, I like the term, rare earths. Remember the group Rare earth. Get ready, cause here I come. Um, but apparently, oh, we should look into this someday. AP did a long investigation that the push for green energy has led to environmental destruction. Oh my See, God! See, that's what I always like it when the two progressive sides fight each other.
2: Well, they're 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 fighting about this in Nevada because there is the green energy cl- crowd that wants the lithium mine in Nevada. And then there's the environmentalists who say, do you know what this is going to do to the landscape? Oh, and there's, there's, uh, there's Indian tribes in Nevada who consider this a, a desecration of their land. So there's going to be huge lawsuits about this. None of, none of this is going to get done. Everything comes
3: at a cost. All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken KFI. All right, we'll give you a full rundown at 5.05. They announced today the arrests of two people. In connection with the shooting death of the off-duty Monterey Park police officer in Downey in a parking lot outside a fitness center, and uh, it's it was apparently an attempted robbery, possibly a carjacking, and the uh, main suspect who did the shooting has got a well, he's got a criminal background. We'll get into all of this in about thirty minutes here on the Johnny Ken Show. Now the story that's appearing everywhere. We talked about it first days ago, probably Monday, but each day. There's another chapter. It has been picked up by media outlets all around the world. It is the Orange County dermatologist who is being accused of trying to poison her husband yeah. by putting Drano in his lemonade.
2: This is uh, Deborah's idol.
1: Oh, this right.
3: Is... <laughs> Who's
2: Deborah's idol? Uh, the woman who poured the Drano in her husband's uh, mm-hmm. lemonade.
1: That's I don't condone accusation, this. accusation. Absolutely. Right? That's ridiculous.
3: Okay, All right, She's completely separating herself from that accusation.
1: I never made that accusation. I just said. No, that, he made an accusation oh, yeah. against you that yes. you support this woman. No, that's just, that's crazy talk. I you, mean,
2: you
3: just implied that the husband might have deserved it.
1: I didn't say he might have deserved it. I said, I'm sure he wasn't the most amazing uh-huh. husband. Right. That's different so than there, saying he deserved it. She believes be in poison. the mutual
3: dance of destruction, So
1: there's some
2: John. justification, maybe.
1: No, 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 no. I Again, uh, I, I don't condone this behavior. Okay. There's other things. Just get a divorce. Move away! Don't poison. I'm just saying the husband. I'm sure was not the best husband in the world. Because why would she want to kill him if he was so amazing? Maybe. that's all I'm saying.
2: <laughs> See, so
3: you have to be amazing, or you risk okay. drano in your A lemonade. Nice
1: husband. How is that?
3: Wow, that's a pretty high bar. <laughs> well, just about everything we're getting is coming from his side. Apparently, he's got an attorney named Steve Hittleman who spoke with the Daily Mail. Now her name is Yu Yu, but they call her Emily. I guess, to make it simple. Uh, Yeah, that's uh, that's easier. Yeah, his name is Jack Chen. He's about eight years older than she is. And the story that they're telling, and it's coming mostly from the attorney for the husband, is really just an awful, nasty, stormy relationship, which peaked with the poisoning. And that's where it became a criminal case. That's all she's charged with so far. They've been married 11 years and it's even explained that Drano is used to unclog drains, in case you're not familiar with it. It's a toxic chemical substance. You guys might want to hide the
2: Drano in your homes. There's always uh, copycats. There's, some of these things get contagious. Yep. Because, you know, if you're not amazing, here comes
3: the Drano.
1: Maybe just make your own drinks.
3: Oh, yeah. 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 Buy your, don't leave them unattended. Don't leave him unattended, right? I mean, he even put saran wrap over it to try to make it look like don't tamper with this. I'll notice if you remove the saran wrap, but she put it back after she poured in the... And the reason this story really hit the next level is because there's video evidence. He put in a nanny cam, and you can see her pouring the Drano into some sort of container.
2: I will admit he's not wrapped too tight. Because a normal person... You would talk about, though, the woman should have just gotten a divorce. Absolutely. She sh- he should have gotten in the car and, and driven 1,000 miles away. It began months
3: ideas. ago where he felt uh, sick. But it wasn't until he put in the nanny cam more recently in July that he actually caught her pouring the Drano in and that's when he took his evidence to the police and got a lawyer.
1: And I hope he moved out at that point.
3: But yeah, they're not... I think so. She's been hit with a domestic violence restraining order and of course divorce papers. But this lawyer goes on to talk about these two. They started dating in 2011. They have two children, a daughter and eight, and a son seven. Yeah, they'll be okay. This Emily is is quite the monster, the way it's described. Uh, One funny story, kind of funny. She would demand that I give her massages, and one time I said I could not because I was sick. She stepped on my head until I did it. She stepped on my head. (laughs) You couldn't prevent that, or... (laughs) Well, Well,
2: then you're accused of domestic violence, all right? She's stepping on your head. That's
3: self-defense, so you can remove somebody from stepping on your head. Yeah, but there's no witnesses. It's he said, she said. Uh,
1: Again, why would you stay with somebody like
2: that? Well, I agree with
3: you on that. She started hiding money from me, and then her mother-in-law got involved. Oh, boy. Her mother-in-law is Yukin Gu, also known as Amy. So we have Emily and Amy, or you and Gu. Started abusing their children. When they were as young as two years old, uh, screaming, slapping them, depriving them of sleep, locking them in their rooms. And as we told you the other day, they would use a phrase that means it's, you know, their native language, Chinese. It means go die. Mm. Your head is sick. Go bleep yourself. You're a stupid A. Get the F out of my way. F an idiot. And that's to the kids. Uh, That's supposedly what she would tell the children, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, she just may have been a psycho. The children learned early that Emily's rule is everything. And her parenting was yelling, insulting, verbally abusing, hitting, pushing, pulling, and being emotionally abusive. I'm surprised this marriage went on this long. I mean, yeah, kids he put up. He,
2: he should have taken the two kids and driven out of there, and 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 called the police and called the psychiatric unit. I don't I don't understand putting up with that for seven years
3: if or eleven years or whatever. Any enjoyment of spending time with me, Emily would punish them, put them in their room, and yell at them. They were not supposed to show any affection towards me. The mother-in-law was in on it too. She she would say to me, "You act like a thug." By the way, you don't act like a man.
2: What was the what was the dating period like?
3: Um, was, was she sweet and nice? I don't know. Uh, uh, you know, one time you think some of this would have popped up during the dating process. The children were not allowed to put his name in a letter to Santa. That's how bad it got. Oh no.
1: This is so toxic. I, uh, this
3: is ridiculous.
1: Uh, well, yeah,
2: he was drinking Drano.
1: Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
2: She laid me up for it. Sorry.
3: <laughs> she would yell at the children sometimes. You are ugly. You look like a pig. She would say to the little wow. boy, you're a sissy. Yeah. that's yeah, a, mean- That's a tough woman. But as you know, as, as Deborah Mark pointed out, this is all coming from him and his lawyer. We don't know everything, and we don't know if this is all true. Oh, you know know what th- happens in divorces? I don't think people, he made pull, this people up. pull out all the nuclear weapons. Yeah. But wait, they can. wait, wait, wait! If she's
2: if she's willing to pour Drano into the lemonade, that's indisputable. That's on video. It's easy to believe that she's done all this. He was the abusive. This one. is just she yelling. killing him. her
3: abusive husband. She's not even saying that, though, is she? She's got a lawyer. They're not saying that. All she said was apparently when they handed her the papers. She said, what's this about? And the lawyer said, this is about your poisoning your husband, Mr. Chen. I deny that. (laughs) I deny that? I deny that. That's a weird denial. (laughs) He said that it had no effect on her whatsoever. She didn't express any emotion. She didn't appear scared. Psychopath. Had no fear that she'd be put in jail. Psychopath. She was put in jail, but she's been uh, (laughs) bailed out. All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken show.
1: You're, I'd like you're, to revise what I said. <laughs> Instead of saying he probably wasn't an amazing husband, I think that he has some issues. Uh-huh. Put it that way.
2: Okay. So you're lowering the bar? Well, yeah,
1: because to stay with somebody like that and somebody who abuses, allegedly abuses your children mm-hmm. and you're staying and then and you're watching her, you're trying to catch her poisoning you. I mean, I get that, but move out. After.
2: say so you're softening a little.
1: No, no, no. I'm not no, softening. So we're no, not, this is just I, I, We're craziness. not in.
2: And he got what was coming. We we're off that. I
1: never said that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you want to get me in trouble.
3: Uh, John and Ken John. All right. A full rundown on the case of the uh, shooting death of the off-duty of Monterey Park police officer who was killed in a parking lot in Downey outside a fitness center. We have learned the name of the person arrested, and it was two people. But, of course, one of them is under the age of 18, so that name has not been released. The whole thing came from a news conference from none other than L.A. County D.A. George Gascon, who we believe is trying to get out in front of a story that involves the murder of another police officer, the fourth to die, while Gascon's policies have been running havoc throughout the county. We'll talk about this after the news at 5 o'clock. We had told you a couple of weeks ago that there was a real plan by the Iranians to kill former President Donald Trump. And this all, of course, was because back in 2020, we wiped out a man by the name of Qasem Soleimani, who was the head of the Revolutionary Guard of Iran's elite Quds Force and an architect of Iran's involvement in wars in the Middle East. We believed that he had plans to kill a number of Americans in that part of the world. So Trump uh, authorized a strike that killed the general. This was uh, in January of 2020, he was traveling from Baghdad's international airport. Since then, through intelligence operations, the belief was that Iran would attempt some sort of revenge which would possibly be an assassination attempt on Trump. But what we learned today, it wasn't Trump who was the target. It was his former U.S. National Security Advisor, the guy with the little weird mustache, John Bolton. Remember him? Yeah. And the story, at least being laid out by the FBI, it was a murder for hire. The guy's name is Sharam Porsafi. He's a member of Iran's Revolutionary Guard. He never left the country. He's still in Iran, but he was contacting people in the United States to carry out the murder, offering $300,000. And supposedly it was elaborate. They ended up with an informant who gave him the story about how this man, Porsafi, reached out to him to try to get him to work on a way to kill Bolton, But apparently at one point, it included information on Bolton's movement, which would not have been known through any ordinary sources, not through public sources. So that's why they thought "Eh, this is probably a serious attempt to kill John Bolton because they were giving the informant who turned out to be working for the FBI Bolton's movements. They gave out his office address and other details, but his movements was a way of saying well we know where he's going to be at this time and place if you can get somebody there to kill him so would they had they had a spy who's shadowing polton i it's not clear
2: right why didn't uh, they just if they had a guy shadowing him and they knew where his movements
3: were why didn't they just uh we don't know that there could be another means they may have had well, some satellite I mean, uh, but capabilities but why
2: or, but I just why did they make it so complicated why did they take so long
3: uh i, mean, I, don't, I don't i don't know Um, Now, this particular uh, case probably won't result in much because Porsafis not in custody, is still at large, probably in Iran. So this scheme unfolded, though, more than a year after the uh, (coughs) killing of the Iranian general. Um, According to the affidavit, They located photographs of Porsafi in fatigues and with posters of Iran and Soleimani in the background to back up the allegation he's a member of the Revolutionary Guard. Hmm. It says here what he did was he asked an unidentified person he met through social media and who was living in this country to take photographs of Bolton for a book he said he was writing. The person introduced Porsafi to an associate that could take the requested photos and videos. After the two connected, Porsafi encouraged that person, who was actually, as it turns out, a confidential source working with the FBI, to hire someone to kill Bolton and offered to pay 300 grand for the job. He wanted the guy to be purged or eliminated. And he provided him with the office address, the name and contact information for someone who worked in the office. Uh, according to the Justice Department, this was not an idle threat. It was an attempt to by the iranians to exact revenge for the murder of their general so but you're right i mean they could have sent an operative into the united states to do this. right i i mean why Bolt, they would reach Bolton out to it, somebody randomly on social media
2: yeah the that's right and and they end up getting uh picked up by the fbi right right and i i i don't understand uh it, it seems like if you want to take somebody out just go and take them out why, why do you have to come up with pictures and tracking and uh, I cover think they, stories? Because not
3: want they didn't want any uh, anything trackable to them. Hey,
2: it's $300,000. You could have bought off a lot of gang members here in L.A. With 300 grand, they would be happy to go and do what you wanted to do.
3: If they could have done this in a way that whoever they contacted in the U.S. didn't know who they were, then they couldn't be traced back to them. But if they sent an operative who gets caught, and they eventually find that he's connected to the Revolutionary Guard and the Iranian government, well, that would have been, you know, tracked back to them. So I think they were trying to do this in sort of a back-end way to cover their tracks, I would guess. Except
2: except they made more tracks.
3: Uh, Yes.
2: You start communicating online or through social media, then...
3: He also offered an unspecified follow-up job for which he would pay a million dollars. And they do believe that that was possibly the former Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, that could have been who they were targeting. Oh, and they're probably still pissed. Right. They,
2: they're, they, they're still going to want to gain revenge.
3: Well. They'll, they'll wait a long time. Remember, that's right. Remember what people said about 9-11? They were years to do that because they attacked uh, in New York City in 1993, mm. years before nine eleven and didn't get a very good plan going there. So they came back and attacked the, the World Trade Towers in 2001. All right, coming up next, we'll talk about the uh, new details. They have arrested two people in the death of that off-duty Monterey Park police officer who was killed in Downing in a parking lot.
2: John and Ken Show, Deborah Mark has the news, KFI AM 640. It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio.
3: Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse. Gold and precious
2: metals offer a hedge against inflation and stock market volatility. And Legacy Precious Metals is the company Ken and I trust.
3: Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold-backed IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy
2: Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173
3: or visit buylegacygold.com. Sticky notes,
2: email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tomorrow's Mega Millions jackpot is over $175 million. Whew. Play now.
0: Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client.
1: it gives me a lot of hope.
0: If you liked Locatora before, you're gonna love season nine.
1: Subscribe to our show, and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast.
0: Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common?